Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know anything about sports. I know you know very, a little bit. You know some about the Pittsburgh Pirates. I know that uh, uh, Trey Young plays for the Atlanta Hawks. You know Hawks. that Trey Young plays for the Atlanta Hawks. You know that KD regrets not coming to the Knicks. I'm sure he does. You, I'm sure that I'm sure that Kevin Durant regrets not playing with the Knicks for that one really good game they played. You know that Tom Brady owes that one guy money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know that um, fresh out the garden, baby, we're going all the way. This, that's all I, you need to know. I wonder. I wonder if. I wonder if Tom Brady actually does owe that guy money. That would be hilarious. Like I, I when I first saw it, I was like, yeah, right. Like, yeah, sure, right. Tom sure. Brady owes you money. But like, what if they went <laughs> to the same elementary school? You what know, they, and like, yeah. And he had and, he was smart enough to put interest on that loan. And yeah, right. Tom Brady now actually can pay, and this man's just been trying to find some way. No, it's like it's like you bet a young Tom Brady, right? Of course, back then he went by Tom Bradnahoff. But he changed it when he became mm-hmm. famous. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said, "I bet." Of course, I bet before he got famous, his name was Ashton Kutcher, and then he changed it to Tom <laughs> Brady. I bet you a hundred thousand dollars that um, killer whales are actually a kind of dolphin. And then Tom Brady's like, "Nah, they're uh-uh. not." And then they actually are mm-hmm. closely related to the dolphin, which yes. is a sticking point for me. I've told you this before. Yes. Um, and then he finds out, and he's like, "Tom Brady now owes me a hundred thousand dollars, right?" And he can now pony up. Indeed. Because of all the money that he makes throwing uh, a ball. And the problem is that to probably at the at the, the very same playground exchange, Tom Brady also bet this guy hundred thousand dollars that he could throw football over the mountains, and <laughs> <laughs> and he could. So I think. Welcome to the Crunch, the only podcast that noticed the Therese of Lesue holy card in Spider-Man 1. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. That's a fact that you didn't expect to get today. No, I, I, I in Spider-Man 1? Yeah, 2002. There's been so many Spider-Man 1s. Oh, you mean the first Spider-Man Like to- Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire. Mac- first Spider-Man. I was just thinking about that today. I was in my holy hours in adoration. I have a holy hour over the lunch hour on Mondays. Couldn't stop thinking about Spider-Man. Could that not happens. stop thinking about Spider-Man. That happens. And in order to justify not being able to stop thinking about Spider Man, I was thinking about how Catholic Aunt May is. She got ro- she got rosary beads in that in that version. Yeah, um, she's praying. They're they're praying. The, she's praying the Our Father in there. Mm-hmm. Um, when Joker or not Joker, Frick. What? <laughs> <laughs> when, when Green Man, Goblin comes in, the and, multiverse is just opening up. You yeah. Know? When uh, when Green Goblin comes in and steals her or whatever, she's praying. And uh, there's a holy card. Bonus points if any of you know where the holy card is, and you can say in the Discord, you can tell me in this week's uh, comment thread Yes. on Discord, if you can tell me without looking 
Where the Holy Card Is of St. Teresa Lisieux in Spider-Man 1 by Sam Raimi. Patrick, what are this we going to do? What are we, what are we going to do for him? This is back. We'll give you one, one exclusive access to the Crunch uh, Patreon chat for one, one day. One day. We will give you an NFT, but it's just a picture of me and a blurry Scott Hahn. <laughs> and you will have Can we that. make an NFT of that picture? <laughs> I think we can. <laughs> I don't know how NFTs work, but it seems like it's I don't know, but it, it's, it's great because we don't have to worry about attribution or or, um, or that thing because it, it, was, it was in public. So he can't sue us. Mm-hmm. And also it's blurry, so no one knows who it no is. No one knows exactly. Who is it? Is it yeah, Scott Hahn? Is it John Bergsma? It's one of those two. Right. One of those two guys. Yeah. So Is it, I, is it Skinny Legend Ted Shree? It could be in, a, in several trench coats. Uh, <laughs> I think... It's actually two Ted Shrees stacked, stacked on, top on top of, of each another. Other, and they're trying to purchase, purchase lumber for their uh, downhill <laughs> rally car. Um, yeah. I, so that's that's it. That's That's the deal. If you can find it and you post it, Mm-hmm. We will give you we will give you one uh, crunch NFT, which you can then exchange <laughs> for uh, merch some somewhere down the line once that once it has uh, accumulated enough. People people you know. seem to be uh, confused as to what an NFT is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They think that by copying the picture of the NFT and posting it, that they have successfully stolen an NFT, but that is not the case. Can you explain to me? why it is not so it's like a ledger okay Okay. (laughs) no don't do this (laughs) so like i mean this is how cryptocurrency works Uh it works the same way cryptocurrency does where there's a there's an open sourced uh tracking of ownership okay and so you own that file right it's my file it's your file. Like you, you own the file, but you do not own the copyright because that's a completely different thing. The government sure. doesn't care about crypto blockchain nonsense. The, mm-hmm. the government doesn't care about that. Right. So you own the file. I do own the file. <laughs> of the ape. Okay. Okay. Of the yeah. sad, of the, of the board uh-huh. ape or whatever. Um, and people are free to copy it as much as they want. But people on Twitter seem to think that, that they, are, they are somehow pulling a fast one. Mm-hmm. by uh by copying the picture when in reality they are not um and so it, nfts are even stupider than people think they are because they're like nfts are so stupid i can just steal it it's like no you can't because it's just the file which makes it even stupider than you think it is mm-hmm. but people think that this is the future yeah i don't i don't understand that i think um i'm hmm it seems to me why don't i just why don't I just go? So you say there's a ledger, right? Yeah, there's a ledger. I just go to the ledger, Control C, Control V. I've got the whole thing. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've got sure. it all. Uh-huh. I just have the. If you walk into a bank and you say, "Give me the ledger," I mean you're the bank now, right? Like you, I'm the bank. You, you have be, like I got the freaking ledger, baby. I've got the ledger. No, it's 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 less it's less like a ledger that's kept in secret, no one's seen, and it's more like a ledger that everybody can see. Hmm. That every computer can see. Hmm. So it's publicly accessible information. Right. Basically. I don't know. That's how I've heard it described. Interesting. And so NFTs work on the same kind of blockchain mm-hmm. math mm-hmm. that cryptocurrencies work on. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Patrick is very near the end of his knowledge on this topic. Th- no, that's that's where it ends. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's where it ends. But it's enough. It's, enough it's more than enough to be able to talk about it on Twitter. You can say so. to anybody, it's like a ledger, and they'll and then instantly, 
lights go out. It's my favorite. Done. It's my favorite thing because <laughs> the way that I, the way that blockchain was described to me was it's like a ledger, and then that's become like a meme in the cryptocurrency uh, Twitter sphere, right? About describing it as a ledger, and so I love that because it's it. It is, but like, what's a ledger? You know what I mean? Excuse me, uh, professor. Who's a professor that you had for in college? Who's a professor that I had in college? Any, any, uh, any professor uh, you had in college when uh, you're taking classes? I don't know. Theology, Singletary theology not, classes? Maybe no. anybody. I came up with my band director from high school. Singletary. Okay. Excuse I didn't. Me. I was not in band. Excuse me, Professor Singletary. I, I hear what you're saying. It's like, you know the kind of there's some grace that's given to the church and then that grace is, is given to me and then and then god also gives me some grace directly and we can also give grace to each other um it, it i and you say it's like like an economy of salvation can you please explain this it's like a ledger it's like a ledger <laughs> god the, my, my tweet jesus's love is the only real nft yeah was funny no one liked it but right. it was hilarious everyone made the same jokes like Oh, youth pastor voice, youth pastor voice. Yes, we get it. Okay, mm-hmm. but see, my joke was a youth pastor joke, but it was more creative than you saying that's a youth that's pastor. That's youth pastor, yes. You know I what think I mean? Then th- we also get a pass because we were making fully aware, ironic youth pastor jokes before you were a youth pastor. Yes. We've been we've been in the game longer than the game has been playing. Around. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 The 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 cheesy youth pastor that you are 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 satirizing no longer exists. The entire industry has become a parody of itself. Now that, the that entire is field thing. of youth ministry what is, is that now like? a parody of itself. Because how many how many industries exist where everybody is completely self aware? Entertainment. But even then, I yeah, mean, like if. If that were true, people like celebrities and actors would be like walking the red carpet and being like, are you guys, do you guys see what you're, this is crazy, right? Like, am I the only person? This is weird. This is really weird that I'm like standing here very still trying to keep my eyes open with all these bright bulb flashes in a, in a, in a corduroy suit, you know, (laughs) like this is crazy, right? But no one does that. Everyone's like, I'm wearing a designer napkin and, uh, you are all taking pictures of me. Next to this person that I am uh, romantically involved with, uh, they're think, not famous. I think there are some there are some people that are self aware, but the the percentage is way higher in youth ministry. You, you think know? so? Because they all they all were brought up in it. You know, they all they all know all of the tropes and the trends. That's and fair. The, That's fair. You know, I just am think I'm just wondering yeah. like. Who does anybody like? Teachers don't have that. You know, like there's a lot of very earnest teachers. True. Yeah. There's no like. You know, there's there's no iron there's no people who are ironically teaching. You know, yes. it's like yes. it's like no no teacher no teacher is like oh this is like totally like a teacher thing. But until, you know, until your child is born, there are no ironic teachers. And then my <laughs> with the birth of your child will become Phoebe. The birth Phoebe of an had the mo- Phoebe had the funniest experience teaching teaching uh, catechesis on yeah. Sunday. One of her one of her kids she she was like doing like an activity. She's running out of time. She like threw an activity together real quick. Right. And she's like, what's what is um. The best image of God's of God's love or something, and it was like a it was like a hangman thing, and it was like the word was you, right? You're playing hangman to try and determine. Sure, yeah. <laughs> okay, carry on. Something, and and yeah. and she she was like she's like here's an O, and one of the kids goes, "Is that a short O or a long O?" And Phoebe was like, "My brain doesn't think like that anymore, no, you know? know? Like I don't know what that means." And I was like, my response would have been like, "You idiot! It's round." <laughs> 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 it's 
What are you talking about, dummy? It's a uh, round O. <laughs> You're so not smart. Not so child. Oh, that's funny. That's Thank really you. funny. Thanks. Um, I love it. I love to hear of it. I love to hear about it. Um, people, people have been talking on the on the Discord lately about our about our episode from yesterday. From oh yeah, from from the, yesterday is in Sunday, the day that the the day before the day we're recording. Indeed, but last week. Um, and when I say that everybody has been talking about our episode from last week, the only person that has posted anything in the thread is me. So. No, no, people were talking about it in the general Discord. Yeah, were they not? No. I think I think it was a good episode. I liked it. I know. I had a good time talking. I had a good time talking to you about it. Um, I think today's episode could be a little bit of a jump off from that point. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Think, oh, I yeah, do think so. I hate good. to. I hate to like. I hate to like bring up. No, 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 no. What? No, don't hate. Don't hate. Just do it. I hate to. I hate to double dip on a topic. No, 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 no. That's how. But it works. I feel like this is a part of the topic that we didn't get to go into last time. Yes. That the old I extension. have more to add to. Yeah, that'd be good. Than I did, because last week was like, "Hey, what's Ethan doing?" Yeah, you know, I and it's like I don't have much to time. add. I'm sorry, that but was for so long. I have more to add. You're totally fine. It was great to have a week off. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes when you come and you've done a lot of studying and you've written That's a paper. Fair. That's true. It's yeah. like, oh man, I'm. Dang, that Patrick, that is so interesting. What do you think about this? Another 10 minutes, I just get to listen. I just get to sit here. <laughs> just, I just get to enjoy like, the I'm podcast. I'm go make myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, the softest yeah. kind of food, so I can eat while I podcast. Hmm. Um, anyway, I was on Twitter. And warning as the as the warning. great as the great John Blevins. I was I was on John Blevins' stream today. Okay. And I um I he was like, I want to be the page saint of Twitter. And mm. I, I commented in his chat. I was like, uh, the patron saint of Twitter is Satan. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it's true. One of my best tweets. And um, he, uh, he was like, he was like, Pat, that's just because you let Twitter emotionally affect you. And I was like, oh, you're right. That is exactly what it is. Mm. I've let it emotionally affect me. And I was like, I'm an emotional guy. And then he's like, you're an intelligent emotional guy. And I was like, John, thank you. That. Thank you for affirming me in this stream. I love going to John's stream or Katie's stream because uh, it's a it's a pack of positivity over there. They're just they're all just so nice, and they get a. F- I love I love when my friends affirm me instead of uh, dunk on me. You know, yes, I too. Love I like this. those kinds of friendships. Yes, I try to be that friend. So anyway, uh, you're very good at being that friend. Thank you. Hey, an affirmation. There I love is. those. Yeah. Um, you really good. just you really just lobbed it up there for me to just <laughs> Yeah, take it home. That's fair. Yeah. Um so I was on Twitter, the place where I get emotionally Warning. affected. Warning. Warning for Twitter. Warning. I and wish Dave, that would play every time anybody logged on to Twitter. It was the just great a, Yeah, right. A, a the, the little thing they have underneath uh political tweets now where it says conversations like this can get heated. Remember the human being on the other side of the screen's like, Shut up, robot, don't tell me how to <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me what topic is controversial. Anyway, you're stupid and I hate you. Um Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. 
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The the, the great the great Protestant mystic Dave Ramsey was in the mm. news again uh in the in the Twitter news because yes. uh, a clip of him on his radio show as he's known in Nashville, King David. King David. Carry on. <laughs> Uh, as you might know that that Dave Ramsey, uh, he he built his wealth off of real estate. Like that's his main his main gig, and he's worth like several million dollars, tens of million, maybe even hundreds of millions of dollars. He built his wealth off of real estate, and on his radio show, someone asked about someone must have asked a question about rental properties or something. Two hundred million. Two hundred million dollars. Sure, a yeah. quick Google estimate of his of his net worth is two hundred yeah. million. His house is worth $10 million. I know that. Gosh, that's crazy. And he bought it with cash. That's hilarious. Isn't that crazy? What, an old, what a flex on your, right? on your whole cra- way of their, living. Their office building, they own the office building mm-hmm. because they saved up for years to buy it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's honestly awesome because... It's great. I mean, like for all the non-solidarity, subsidiarity things they do, that's one of the coolest things they do where it's like their company came together to like save up money in mm-hmm. enough operating expenses to buy a new building so they feel like they own the office. Like, yeah. That's cool. That's really right? cool. Anyway, but as with all, as with, as with many, he doesn't always hit the mark. Okay. Sure. Sure. And so his, his, this, this, this clip circulated and you, you can, you can splice it in if you want. I don't oh, it'd be worth so it. much work. It's literally not that. Anyway, okay, fine, also, I want to. I want to hear. I want to hear the the prophet in his own words. But indeed, yeah, um, I'll I'll put it in. Okay. Okay. I own rental property, single family homes, uh, among many other properties that we own. And if I raise my rent to be market rate, um, that does not make me a bad Christian. Uh, I did not displace the person out of that house if they can no longer afford it. The marketplace did. The economy did. Um, the ratio of the income that they earned to their housing expense displaced them. I didn't cause any of that. And so you are not displacing them. You're taking too much credit for what's going on. Uh, if they need to move to a cheaper house because they can't afford they're going to move to a lesser house. Because if they move, they're going to pay market rent. So I have several I have several problems with what he said. First of all, the idea that the market is some kind of uncontrollable, impersonal and infallible force, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there's always wiggle room. Always. If the market says this rental property is worth $2,000 a month, yeah. you can say, "Eh, I own it. You were paying 12. I'll charge you 15." You know, it was very under rented if that's what the case is. Sure. Yeah. Like, let's say the property value went up because yeah, all of a sudden sure. there's an ocean next to it. You know, <laughs> that's going to start happening soon. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. My uh... <laughs> move to Oklahoma. We'll be safe for a while. <laughs> yeah, you'll be safe for a bit. Um, 
you know, like a cool, cool. So like the the rent sky, the property yeah. value skyrocket, and so so should the rent. But like, I'll I'll increase it, and you talk to them, and you're like, this is how much you can afford. This is how much I'll be able to, you know, because I'm paying a mortgage on this or whatever. Um, if you're Dave, you don't have that problem because you don't you don't rent, you don't use debt. Um, so that that was that was the issue, right? He's saying like the market has priced you out. My main issue, which people weren't talking about was how he's acting like he's been his hand has been forced wherein his hand he, his hand has not been forced he owns the property yes the only the only responsibility he has on that property is the utility bills and mm-hmm. the property taxes he could afford someone to live there for basically free if they needed to because he owns it he doesn't rely on that income he's worth 200 million dollars and he owns dollars. What? I just was repeating what you're saying. Two hundred million dollars. It's a lot of zero. Most of us, if we if we save for retirement well, will retire with about two million dollars. Okay, in in that that's what you can hope for. Dave Ramsey has a hundred of that. Mm-hmm. He has a hundred people's nest eggs. Okay, he is not. He is nowhere near hurting for rent money. No. Um. So my problem with that is like Dave, if you have gotten to this point where you can buy houses and make money basically hand over fist just you know why not share some of the fruit of your success mm-hmm. with the people who are less fortunate than you you might find that people are crawling over themselves to rent Dave Ramsey properties because of how merciful you are with your with your rent, you might end up making more money in the long run. You just won't see it right up front. It's tricky. So a conversation, what? Go, no, go ahead. <clears throat> so a conversation I saw in um, response to this was a guy who, um, he in his bio, he says that he's a Christian community developer. Hey, that's my job. <laughs> I know. That's what I was. That's why I was talking about this because he was like he bought houses and rented mm-hmm. them for like very low, very mm-hmm. under market value. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, just covering the mortgage on the property. Right. And obviously, there's a lot of liability there. Yeah. But like, I don't know. So I, I was interested in that idea. But anyway, I wanted uh, to talk about oh, the I response talk about of that. You want to talk about that? Well, I mean, I want. Finish what you're saying, but I also want to talk about the the idea of that Christian community, what that guy was doing. Because I think yeah, anyway, I think I think that I think that um, Christians might use the might use the market in that way to uh, justify injustice because the market mm-hmm. is this immutable, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, infallible force that is not personal. No one's really to blame. But like the reason why the market is the way it is is because men like Dave Ramsey have decided to operate in it. You can just quit. Like that. That's my. That's my my attitude with credit cards. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to play. You know, it's yeah. like when the game's unfair and you take your ball and go home. It's like I just don't want to play the game. So like, you don't have to play the game mm-hmm. of real estate market if you don't want to, especially if you have two hundred million dollars. It's true. So like, I think as a Christian, Dave should recognize, and as a Christian, we should recognize that we don't have to just like bend to the market. You know, we don't mm-hmm. have to like bend to. It's just um. It's a way. It's a way for people who either are wealthy or just kind of really want to be wealthy to avoid the fact that because you are wealthier, because you have, because you're wealthier, because you have like, you're in a higher social class, because you've been given more blessings, you actually have a responsibility mm-hmm. to people who are less fortunate than you, 
to give them the fruits of your labor. Mm-hmm. That's not just yours. Right. You can't just do whatever you want with your money. That's absurd. You have a responsibility. Okay, what do you want to say? What the universal about? destination of goods. I don't know what that means. It's just a nice phrase. It sounds pretty good. Well, yeah, it means that everything goes to God. So if you're yes. holding it for yourself, that's why I made that joke about storing things up in barns. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, man, there's a lot to unpack here because a lot of what my job is right now is related to um, buying and selling rental houses. Yeah, but in... in oh, wait, is it related? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... I thought re- you were buying commercial. Yes, I still do that, but also um, one of one of the things that I do in my job is also um, helping funds buy and sell rental portfolios. Commercial rental properties. Indeed, yes. I see. Yeah. A company in Boston owns my apartment complex? How is oh, that cool? Oh, Patrick, once you start delving into these kinds of things... Like most of the apartment complexes, a lot of rent rental homes are are all owned by out of state LLCs that have that are registered in Delaware. Like very <laughs> very few things are actually owned. I mean, there's a lot of obviously a lot of local landlords, but there's so much institutional ownership of things like multifamily properties. More and more now, things like single rent homes. It wasn't that way a while ago, but it's starting to become more and more that way. Um, it, it just kind of is the way that it is. That's true for your, the, the retail strip down the street. That's true for the office park down the street. That's like all these things are, there's so much institutional money flowing around every single thing that exists in real estate that it's just, sometimes it's better not to think about it, to be honest God, with you. It's bonkers. I'm it's like, you don't have an crazy. interest in the community here. No, in no, they, just, this they have helps. an interest in the fact that that person is paying rent in that building every single month. And they own a hundred other buildings where people are paying that exact same kind of rent for the exact same kind of property. And they can say, look, here's how profitable our company is. Someone who has more money than us, please buy us. Please, <laughs> please take us away. BlackRock, come. Get, come get us. But it's it's kind of crazy. My uncle told me that was the goal for startups was to get bought. And so mm-hmm. he was suggesting that we do that with our podcast. Who would buy us? I That's what I was saying. I was like, I was like there's no... He was like, no, what you should do is you start a podcast network and then get bought by another podcast the network. crunch podcast network the cpn then we get bought by ewtn Ooh. and then we get i don't know like bought by fox by news yeah it's weird did, did, has ewtn gotten bought by fox news yet i feel no. like arroyo is pretty much there raymond arroyo's has been bought and sold he's he's way listen you gotta you gotta you gotta bolster the you gotta push the will wilder and the magical sword book somewhere okay there's a segment of of him and Laura Ingram not uh, being on the same page about something. Like he's trying to talk about some show. Yeah, that was this? that was a bit. It was not a bit. It was definitely a bit. No, he looked super frustrated. It was so funny. But he has the same look. That's true. I could anyway. Been, I could have been bamboozled. Regardless, um, I think there's a lot to be. I I understand all these things, and I hear what you're saying. Um. So first of all, obviously, if we treat the market like God, which is what most people do in America, yeah, um, and the whims of the market and the whims of the culture determine what actions I do or don't take, which is weird. Like saying, 
well, the market has determined that this is what this has to be. It's almost the equivalent, like Dave Ramsey has gone to the New York Stock Exchange. He's gotten some things written down on some stone tablets. He comes back down to Nashville. He says, well, this is what the market's decided, right? And this is like, well, this is what we're going to do. Sorry about that. Um, But stop coveting lower rental prices. Like that's, that's, it's number eight on here, unfortunately. Um, And the other nine are all give me more money. Like that's in a lot of ways, it it can be a really easy capitalist way out because if you are a capitalist before you're a Christian, those principles take a deeper root in your heart and your mind, unfortunately. And so it's a lot easier to say, well, this is just what, what the market is doing right now. This is how I'm making money for, for this group. This is how I'm doing. This is how I'm being productive. If you want to you wanna stay uh, successful, you got to do these things. You have to be evolving constantly. And there's probably some truth to that because we do live in a very dynamic economy. And if you do have people who rely on you like Dave does, like it's it, 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 just in kind of like a devil's advocate place, this man owns a company that has how many hundreds of people that work for him? Yeah, you know, like 500, like 500 people plus all the people that get the training and do the financial coaching and everything. Not that you get paid for it, but like there's an infrastructure that revolves around. And just imagine like in his mind, he's probably like, well, if I start accepting less here, then I'm going to start accepting less here, which means I might have to fire some people because I'm not making as much, you know? And it's, it's probably not the fruit of like, screw this person in particular. It's probably the fruit of, I have to sustain this, like, this momentum that I've built up. Sure. Yeah. Which is hard. And that's the problem with being in business in America and being a a devout Christian is that sometimes the, the right thing comes at the cost of, of success, but you have to have the trust. Like what you were saying, you have to have the trust that eventually it's going to pan out, which might mean like operating a loss for a while. It might mean, uh, taking a smaller CEO salary. It might mean we spend less money on, I don't know what they're spending money on, but yeah, I don't know. it's, uh, which is funny because like a lot of startups operate off of operating at a loss mm-hmm. until they become profitable and then they're sold. Like that's how Uber operated. Sure. And how Amazon operates and mm-hmm. you know, they operate at a loss until they price everyone out and then they have monopoly. Like that's just, that's oh, crazy. So it's weird. It's weird that people are okay with doing that mm-hmm. to 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 further their what it's it's weird that we're willing to um, we it's not like we're not willing to forego an immediate good for a a later a later greater good. We are willing to do that. Mm-hmm. It just seems like we're not willing to do it for the right reasons. Yeah, like that. It just seems like it's a because a lot of us like to. I, I think sometimes I, I reduce sin to like people doing what is what is good, what feels good in the moment, but not, not, Mm -hmm. you know, isn't that, but honestly, some people are willing to like, wait to sin, Hmm. which is like, feels really evil. You know? I mean, that's a, that is a sin, you know, planning, planning your sin in advance. Yeah. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm budgeting for my sin, you know? Yeah. This Hmm. is, this is one of those topics where it's like, why am I bringing this up? Because what can I do about it? You know, like what? Well, I think there is something we can do about it. Ah, cool. Which is great. Violent revolution. That's what I've been thinking. Yeah. I mean... You heard of this guy, Marx? I'm sorry. (laughs) uh, Sharpen your pikes. Get ready. Get ready. We're going to be putting some some aristocracy heads on those pikes. That's not the goal. (laughs) 
Um, no, of course not. Violent revolution is rarely the answer for the Christian. It's yeah, that's a good point. Um, rarely is in. I don't think it's ever been the correct correct response. Yeah, I'm not even sure. I don't, um, it makes good movies. If there was ever a time where violent revolution was the answer, it's when Jesus had been taken prisoner by the Pharisees <laughs> and was about to be executed by the Romans. That would have yeah. been the the perfect time. Yeah. To to bring about some kind of but there was nothing, you know, and he just it was a out with a whimper and then back with a bang, which is yeah, I would say historically you can take up arms to defend the defenseless, you know. Oh, totally. But I'm but I'm saying like when you're being uh unrighteously oppressed as like a group of people, you should do everything you can, but at a certain point it's like the solution is not to galvanize a whole bunch of people and start just killing other people because they're a part of the opposition party, which is what yes. violent revolution. That's what I think of a violent revolution. Yeah. It's like they're a part of the other thing. We're, we're getting Get them. And uh, yes, obviously you should defend the defenseless and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is not a treatise on, on just war. <laughs> just war. Yeah. So we're not uh, coming after the Cristeros here. No, I don't know what that is, but I don't want to come after them. Uh, <laughs> I think it's an interesting conversation to have because what this country needs so there's a couple of realities that are at play one home ownership it's going down not as many people are owning homes people are renting i'm renting right now you're renting right now i'd obviously like to buy a home you know um we're we're still a ways away we're trying to get there but there's a lot of people who are in that position just because of the market and the market is made up of a bunch of people who have made a lot of decisions over a period of time and I think it's the the guys over at New Polity, your good friends, what's his name? And the other guy, what's his name? Uh, Mark. Mark Barnes and... Uh, Jacob Imam. Yes. They have the New Money Podcast or the Good yeah, Money Podcast. Good Money Podcast. They talk about rent on there. They talk about rental properties. Have you listened to that episode? No, I didn't listen to the Money episode. It didn't interest me. Because um, I knew they were going to tell me to not open a Roth IRA. I didn't want to hear that. Yeah, that's... I don't think their word is is the fi- the the law on these kinds of things. No, because I think I think our economy is way more complex than what Thomas Aquinas envisioned when he was writing. <laughs> you know, on they have a point you know, about blind investing, though. They do have a point where it's like investment in something where you know where the money is going is better than not. Certainly, but that doesn't mean it's bad to invest your money. Like it doesn't mean it's a sin to invest your money in something where you're maybe a bit more fuzzy on the details. You know, I own a couple, I know a couple of, uh, of stocks or like shares in like, um, the, a home builders ETF, right? I'm, I work for some home builders. I'm in that, the real estate world. It's like a whole bunch of stocks from like people who make, who do lumber all the way up to like Home Depot, you know? Sure. Yeah. I don't need to know exactly what all those companies are doing, but they're all working toward in the construction industry. I feel fine investing in the construction industry generally, you know? Like that, I feel like that's okay, but, um, but I don't think they're, they're cause they said some things just on their principles of rent, I think are very good that if you own rental properties, you need to be working towards ownership with all the people that, that are renting from you. Cause we can't deny that the American economy is, is just radically different than even it was 10, 15 years ago, especially yeah. different than it was 50 to 100 years ago when all these decisions were starting to be made. So it's not a – I don't think it's a bad thing to try to build wealth. I don't think that's bad, right? The meek shall inherit the earth. 
it's a real thing, right? If you are honest and you work hard, there's, there's some inheritance that will fall to you, right? There's some like actual tangible wealth all throughout the old Testament. There's promises of, if you are righteous, you'll be fruitful and, and you'll be, you'll have good things and good mm-hmm. things will come to you. Mm-hmm. It's not like a, a guarantee of if you do X, then you will get X amount of dollars, you know, <laughs> yeah. which the Israelites wouldn't have even understood. They're like, what the hell is a dollar? But uh, <laughs> the, I want to push back against the notion that, you know, we have to be super poor and we have to be like opposing to the economy. Um, but I, what if we envisioned a world in which good faithful Christians who were Orthodox, who lived liturgically, who were engaged in their communities, who served the poor, who were really freaking good landlords and how different would the world start to look mm-hmm. compared to how it looks now? That's an interesting question, I think. So the answer is buy a bunch of properties. Yeah. Eh. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it is. I don't it, know. it might be. You'd have to use the D word. Was that debt? Yeah. Debt. No. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of it. But the the reason why I'm not a big fan of 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 the uh, oh my gosh okay so if you go on Instagram and you follow financial influencers you'll find a recurring theme one cryptocurrency Weird. okay. Another theme is rental properties. They're like you gotta you gotta leverage other people's money. Rich dad, poor dad. All right, you hmm. gotta you gotta get some OPM, other people's money. We made it an hmm. acronym, so it sounds super super cool. So you gotta do eighteen year old kid. Okay, you gotta go you gotta go buy a bunch of houses, mortgage hmm. them, and rent them out. Okay, hmm. this is literally what Dave Ramsey did, and yeah. it's how he got bankrupted at twenty five mm-hmm. because a bank bought the bank. And they were because he had a friend who he had dad his dad's friend was like yeah sure we'll rent we'll we'll loan you two million dollars <laughs> and then this this uh this this bank bought the bank and they were like we have we're renting we have two million dollars loaned no we're calling this immediately and it bankrupted him brutal. obviously brutal and it took him forever to well get all you have to do is just flip the property cards over and you get cash from the bank obviously. And then you can maybe sell off some of your hotels and then for like half price and then you can pay back the, the loan. Is yeah, that, did you not that. do that? Everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like that, that, that's, that's the, that's the risk. There's a serious risk because you're taking on a bunch of liability. Sure. I don't and recommend just so that we can get this clear. I don't think anybody should take out $2 million in loans. No. But unless the, my, my point, unless you have $200 million, then you're allowed to take out $2 million yeah. in loans. The, the problem is because then you're not a landlord. The bank you're like landlord. a you're a mediator of the well, landlordship. Okay. So I would uh, kind of like so I don't think it's bad to use debt to build wealth. I'm gonna go out and say that. I'm gonna go out on a limb and wow. say that. Wow. Intense. Right. I know. You can feel free can, and I would like you to disagree with me. Um but let's say you 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 purchase you have enough money for a twenty percent down payment on a you know, $200,000 home that's in a good neighborhood, it's in a good school district, and it's an investment. And you know that in 20 years, the price of that home is going to double. And that's a better rate of return than you're going to get in the stock market, which, you know, maybe you put your money in the stocks, maybe you don't, maybe you just save, you bury gold in the backyard like Jacob Mom. I don't know what he does, but that's <laughs> He doesn't do that, I can tell you that much. Right. So it's, it's not a crazy thing to say, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to 
put 20% down on this home as an investment and I'm going to price the rent to cover all my expenses and uh, I'm going to continue paying down the the mortgage as much as I can. And then when I get enough, I'm going to hopefully purchase an, another property and another property. Like the principle of wealth is it's better to have four homes that are leveraged at, you know, 40 to 60% debt to, you know, debt ratios than it is to have one property that's completely paid off, you know, because you have mm -hmm. so much more availability to, that's how all these guys build their wealth is they, they smartly, I bet this is what Dave did when he, after he was bankrupt, he's just started over again and just was able to more get better loans and have more property. And as long as you're like managing it and as long as you're responsible and you're, you're still treating your tenants like real human beings and like caring for them and loving them and making sure that you're not overcharging rent or undercharging rent because you got to make sure that you have enough money to like fix something when something's broken, you know, because it is like, because you are still kind of like, yes, you're an intermediary, but um, no one from the, no bankman is going to come down to the house and fix the heater when the heater's busted. I see what you're saying. So you're saying. like, yeah. that's kind of my, my whole thought is, yeah. There's you can also a, use LLCs to like shield yourself from personal sure, bankruptcy. Sure. Owning, you know, yeah. yeah. Most people do. So I, I don't think he hmm. did. <laughs> yeah. That's bad. Don't you I, I'm not, I'm not against debt to build because like the, it's not, it's not debt in, it's not like, okay, it's, I don't think the new polity guys are against debt either hmm. because if you loan some, a business loan is different than a consumer credit loan. Yes. I wrote about I this agree. in, I wrote about this in my, in my article that I have posted on my wall. <laughs> the only article I published in 2021 um, about how consumer credit is just flat out different than, than other lines. You're like HELOC, like a home equity line of credit, lines of credit, um, uh, payday lenders and credit cards are all this like the debt that you're the, the thing you're buying car loans the same way you're buying debt is a product that you are buying so you can have some consumable item sooner than you would have later it's not an asset it's a liability and debt there are smart ways to use HELOCs I'll just put that out there sure if, for instance if you want to renovate your kitchen Indeed. um yeah <laughs> I, I saw anyway I don't know um I think I, there are okay. Yes, if you're adding if you're adding value to the house, right? That's yes, yeah. So if the you, problem if you with take consumer out a, credit is that it doesn't. It's not it's generating consumed. wealth. Yeah, yeah. It's consumed. It's not generating any value. Value. That's a better word. Yes, value is a better way to put it. the 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 the, the Christian the the Christian economic the Christian economic vision is things create value mm -hmm. in an economy. That's good. So. Sense. Yes. So when you, when you, um, the person, the person, the bank is risking something by loaning you, by loaning you, loaning money to you for your business. You're risking something that you own. You're risking your money to improve the value of your house. The, the credit card company is not risking anything no. by loaning you $20 so that you can have Cracker Barrel. You know, like that's what you're like, doing. That's, that's what you're doing attack. when you swipe your credit card at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. You're borrowing a hundred dollars from Capital One. So you can have unlimited breadsticks and soup and salad, right? Like that's what you're doing. And, and you are going to be on the hook for that forever. And they're, and they're never going to let it go. But it's like, if you declare bankruptcy from, you know, a business loan, they're not always going to get their money back. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you, if, if, if you, if they, if they loan you $10 million to buy an ocean liner and the ocean liner sinks, 
You're yeah. both you're both up the creek. Yeah. It's there's no there's no value and there's no risk. And that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that like that doesn't mean that you have to always be super at risk when you invest because there's a difference yes. between risky and, and low high risk and low risk investing. Sure. But certainly purchasing a house is a higher risk investment than just putting your money into a Roth IRA. No sure. one, I'm not gonna dispute that. Yeah. But it's still it's still good because you're adding value to you're yes. adding value to your community. Mm-hmm. When you add value to your community specifically, mm-hmm. uh, buying a house in this is another thing. Dave Ramsey has a lot of interesting principles that are really solid when it comes to like building a Christian economy. Like he doesn't own rental properties that aren't in Nashville. That's cool. That, I which like means that. that he has an investment in his community. In his like, community, right? He he is not he's not owning he's not buying rental properties in Sacramento. I work with a lot of guys that don't own any commercial properties that's further away than what they can drive to in an hour. Like, that's just how they do business. And it's good sense because the joke that he makes is like, you can hire as many property managers as you want. They're not going to care if someone's changing their their motorcycle's oil in your living room. True. It's like you have a vested interest in your property that you can't pay someone else to have. I feel like it'd be difficult to get the motorcycle in the living room and then... God, I don't know. That's the that's, that's the analogy just, he uses. But anyway, it must have happened to him if he's using it. If you have money, you should you should. And this this is also why this is also why rampant saving and hoarding is a problem too, because yeah. that that money is not creating any value. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not it's not doing sure. anything. Money represents stored up work. It represents the fruits of labor, mm-hmm. and so you should use it to plant more yeah. fruit. I think I think often of the the parable of the talents. The ah. The talents, which yes. I think is applicable here. Lord, I knew you were a harsh man gathering where you did not sow. Didn't know you were this harsh, though. Yeah, jeez. Wailing and gnashing of teeth? Bit much. That guy got 10 cities. I got Gehenna. What on earth what? is this? That's I don't even know what a Gehenna experience. is. I don't, know, I don't know about Gehenna. So that's interesting because... Maybe I'm I'm misunderstanding the culture of Christians who are in business, and I just have this assumption that a lot of guys who are Christian who maybe own their businesses or have are in places of decision making are capitalists first and Christians second. Maybe that's just my experience. I don't know if that's true across the board. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of really good Christian men and women who are out there who are just who are doing the absolute right thing at every moment and really trying to be virtuous and maybe they'll make mistakes, but they're overall they're They're trying to live the gospel in the way that they do business. I'm not seeing a lot of that generally. (laughs) I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. And I think going back to something that I said a while ago is what if we had a whole, what if our, what if there was just a strong contingent, of people in America or even in your city that all decided, all right, we're Christians, right? We've been given a lot of gifts, right? We're in a different, we were born into a different social class. We were, we were able to go to college without that much stress. We have this, this income. Let's, let's start putting it back. Like what if a bunch of people just said that and like, all right, what if we started, you know, renting houses in Steubenville with the goal of, you know, eventually helping everybody here own a home, you know, like it's, it's difficult because very few people just have lots and lots of money that you can then put into a project like that. Like you can't just, it's not just like a lump sum where it's like, all right, I have a $10 million. I can just buy 
all of these houses for all these people, right? That's not how it works. But if you if you had a bunch of people who then who agreed like, okay, we're going to start renting houses out to people. We're going to rent them at fair values. We're going to then actually like walk over to these people's homes and we're going to get to know them. We're going to see what they need. We're going to see how what they, you know, can we help them get a better job? Can we help them get some education? Can we help them? What, what do they need in order to be able to become owners? And I think that's a really good principle is, yes, I want to own rental properties so that, you know, I can I can start to build some wealth. And then I can start to um, contribute to the economy in a way that is productive. But how can I help these people that I'm, I'm renting to? How can I help them adhere to the Catholic economic principles? What, what is my role in this? And I think a lot of people just are afraid to get into the game. And so, like you said, they just mm-hmm. save and consume and just save and consume. And that's it. And as long as I'm not buying, like, I'll, you know, maybe I'll even go so far as to cancel my Amazon Prime account. Crazy. You know, as long as I'm not buying anything that's quote unquote bad and I'm saving my money for retirement and helping pay for my kids college or whatever, then like I'm good. But if you're given a lot, a lot's expected of you. And so it's just, um, there's an interesting uh, dilemma there of what do you like? Definitely make sure that your house is in order. Oh yeah. Before you start helping other people. But like the, the interesting the interesting aspect of like it's funny that you mentioned making sure that I'm saving for retirement and my kids college because it's like that's the that's the Dave Ramsey baby steps there's like one mm-hmm. through six mm-hmm. is like the get out of debt emergency fund retirement kids college paid off mortgage and then step seven is build wealth and give mm-hmm. and it's like that part of it mm-hmm. is not as explored because it's not as first of all it's Realistic. not as like it's not as realistic. Like it's not. Isn't realistic is not the right word. It's not as uh, broad. You know, like not everybody is in that place where they can build wealth and give. You know, he wrote a book about. He wrote a book about like a, a legacy wealth and all that stuff. But it's not a bestseller because there aren't as many people that want to get that want to like figure out how to like deal with inheritance. You know, there are more people that want to figure out how to get out of debt. So yeah. like. But I do think that I do think that having that vision is motivating for me. Like I want to own so that I can give. Like I want to, mm-hmm. I want to become very virtuous, mm-hmm. so that if when I own things, that if I if when I own certain assets, I can I can use those for the good of others. Imagine becoming a rich man by being wise and prudent, and um, same word, but yeah, yes, same thing, but yeah. I don't need you to be correcting me <laughs> on this podcast. Not here. Uh, imagine becoming a rich man by using the gifts that God gives you and becoming very successful and very fruitful and dedicating yourself to, you know, prayer and charity and all the things that we know are good. And then having, there's a, there's a line in, I don't know if it's in Sirach or wisdom cause they're back to back and they kind of are written the same, but, um, There's there's a a line where the where it says um, never say I have enough and never say I need more. You know, like that's kind of the attitude that we should mm-hmm. be living in. Is it, if really like we're going to be receptive to everything that God wants to give us, then we can say okay, like I 
I don't really need to stop. I can just keep, keep receiving and keep working and keep doing these things. And then when something is asked of me, I'll be ready to give, you know, and then, but if it turns into greed, right. And then you're like, I need more, I need more. Then you're not in the right Mm -hmm. place either. But just imagine if we used like the fact that we live in this crazy time where there's so much upward mobility and we use it to, and we, and we just generated wealth to the point where then someone comes to us and asks for something. We don't even have to think twice about it. We can just, yes, you know, and we've made the choice early on that like, this is why I'm doing this. And I think that is, um, the idea of being responsible with wealth and using it for the benefit of others is kind of an aristocratic, you know, more uh, ancient way of viewing wealth than it is a modern one. Outside of like, I have to start a business so that I can employ these people. Cause that's not re- like, it is kind of a way that you give your wealth to people, but not really. Cause you're, yeah. Yeah. There's just that, there was an idea once upon a time that the aristocracy would be virt- more virtuous and more, you know, well formed than mm-hmm. the average uh, run of the mill person. Mm-hmm. Um, which which of I don't course, think is maybe, I don't think, is, is that a bad thing? I mean, no, no, no. It's not a bad thing. But I'm saying it didn't always mm-hmm. pan out. But like, we still have sure. the same kind of arist- aristocratic notions. Where like, well, the rich people they just were able to rise and grind better. Mm. Um, my favorite, my favorite tweet about this that I think about often is: I don't understand why billionaires are so worried about high taxes. If we take all their money, won't they just earn it all back with their exceptional work ethic? <laughs> it's true. Ethan, I have to go soon because okay. I, I would like to eat dinner with my wife tonight. I'm so sorry that I've kept you so long on this podcast. No, no, no. It is okay. It is okay. But I would like to know if you're ready to get into Dr. Ethan's Eating Corner. I love our conversations, but the people need advice. The And the the Phoebe needs the Patrick. Phoebe needs Patrick. Patrick needs quinoa casserole. Um, Ethan has to go to the bathroom again. Let's to the get bathroom. into Dr. Ethan's Eating yeah. Corner. Your wife texted me during this podcast. Really? Uh, I asked her a question about plants. Emma, don't text Patrick while on podcast. And she, she, I, I said, do you know anything about mealybugs? We were having a problem. And she said, my knowledge on bugs is limited. Uh, if anyone knows anything about mealybugs, please go to Discord uh, and tell me because my wife's plants are infested with mealybugs. Okay. Um, uh, I know it hurts. I'm sorry. It's it's not, I, I, I... All right. You came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. all right uh this one comes from brit who does not want to remain anonymous good for you brit thanks brit uh but first i have to introduce who is sponsoring this segment uh welcome to dr ethan's eating corner sponsored by catholic match go to catholicmatch.com slash crunch start your free profile it's always free but it's helpful if you let them know that yes. uh, we sent you. We sent you. So this one comes from Britt. Uh, do I wait for him to make a move? Do I make a move or what do I do? Ooh. I, 25, 23 female, recently moved in August. Uh, I've been making a lot of friends. Mm. One guy, a 20-year-old male, I have hey. only known for a month is becoming a good friend. Nice. Uh, we frequently end up talking longer than planned at the end of Ooh. events where we end up taking an extra half hour at our cars after church events. Oh, the church par- car after church parking lot. What if we what if we kissed after a youth group in the parking lot, Uwu? Huh? Oh, yeah. Don't, okay. Please never, never <laughs> ever, 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 ever do that again. Uh, wow. 
What if we kissed at the theology on tap? Just LOL JK unless. Um, we end up taking an extra hour and a half hour at our cars after church event. That joke would have gone over great with Josh Blimey Cow. Um, oh. <laughs> Whoops. He's a great guy who is. Oh, wait, uh, I even play soccer with him and some others one day a week. So I see him at least once a week. He's a great guy who is really Catholic and I'm really attracted to him. Uh, I know a month isn't very long. So maybe I just need to let it be for now. I'm not sure what to do. Do I wait and see if he does something? Do I try to say something to him, etc.? This 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 lovely lady listens. So I hope that you have some. I some have a bit of an inspiration. Ooh, maybe this is the worst idea. Ever. The prophet Ethan's dating corner. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, if you're listening to this, and I know that you are, send us this guy's number. We'll call him. Uh-huh. We'll tell him. We'll tell Amazing. him. We'll, be, we'll say hey. What the hell are you doing, man? Come on. Come on. You, not only you're 20 years old, right? You've got this an older woman interested in you, right? Clearly, you guys are talking. You're hanging out. What's the deal? What's the problem? Me and Pat can give him the old one-two, right? Good cop, bad cop. Patrick's <laughs> Which obviously, the good, you're okay. obviously the good cop. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never said you ding-dong during you, this section you, before. I would call him a ding-dong. And bing bong, and I would, uh, <laughs> I would, man, I just really want to talk to this guy because it seems like we, you shouldn't even need us. This, I feel like this should, with just the right, you know, like you kickstart the reaction, you know what I mean? And like we just need a, a little push, just a little, you know, a little pop. and like, and it'll just happen. It could come from you. But what if it came from us live on the show? <laughs> I like this. So that's that's my inspiration. Um, if that doesn't pan out and maybe you're just listening to this and you're like, man, I can't wait that long because Ethan and Patrick don't answer their emails. Just talk to him. Just be like, hey, <laughs> I really like spending time with you. Are you going to take me on a date? It's a great it's a great line. It's literally worked on this, the Crunch Catholic podcast before. Yeah. So do not knock it until you try it. Yeah, don't knock it until you try it. I think you could try what Patrick said. Are you going to kiss me after youth group? Ooh, woo. You can do that, which he might, he might not, he might leave. He He might might run away, but he might also, that is illegal because no purple. So you're kind of, uh, you're kind of a freak playing all the hits this week. Aren't you? Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think you're in good shape. I think you can just, just send it. Hey, maybe it doesn't work out, but goodness gracious, you're 23. He's 20. He'll be going back to preschool eventually. He'll be fine. <laughs> Take that, 20-year-olds everywhere. If you're listening, and I know you're not. I know you're not because you're too busy, uh, yeah. you know, on the listening to the other. Is there another? Like, is there a new young podcast for Catholics? You know what? You know what? I was at Franciscan, and and I see people's posters for their podcast now, and I was like, if I did that when I was there, I would have Everyone been routely was... mocked. Yes. I would have been mocked. Yes. I appreciate and your, your chutzpah, but all of my friends would have made fun of me, every single one of them, because they were not supportive. I tell you, not supportive. Patrick, because when were... we were doing podcasts, podcasts mm-hmm. were dead. Oh, yeah. that's why I was mad at John. I forgot. He told me on a stream, he's like, I heard you were mad at me. And I was like, I don't remember why. It was probably stupid. But no, I remember because he said podcasts were dead. And I was like, then why do people keep making them and replacing our podcast? If you don't want to see, if you don't want to see the crunch replaced, uh, what? 
No, we're not going to be. We're never going to die. We're going to be young forever. So no, I think we're right in the sweet spot where old people are never going to find us. Young people consider us irrelevant. So we've we've just got the people in our age bracket and in our listening group forever. I I really I really do. We I was asked by the liturgy guys. They were like, "What kind of podcast do you want to be? Do you want?" I was I met them at a conference, and Ah. they were like, they were like. Do you want to be a podcast that is always for college Catholics or do you want to grow with your audience? And I was like, grow with our audience. I Duh. like them too much. Yeah. They're great. We've met some of them. They're awesome. Imagine having a transient audience. Yeah, it'd be weird. Not for me. Yeah. No, no, no. Patrick, you have to get home to your wife. It's true. Is there anything else that you need to say to the people? If any of you know any Catholic angel investors who would like to give us a ton of money to like buy a bunch of property and start Catholic communities... You know where to get us, Patrick at thecrunchcast.com. My Venmo is Ethan Dash. <laughs> Angel investors coming in through Venmo. <laughs> JD Vance sent you a, a, a Venmo request for one million dollars. JD Vance, the author of Hillbilly Elegy, is yes, gonna... and and uh, works at a angel investing firm. So, oh, or used to at least. Is he Catholic? Yeah, he is Catholic. Famous. Oh. And he's running oh, for Senate in Ohio. I do. I might vote for a, him in the Ohio Senate race. This is not a necessarily an endorsement, but... Oh, I won't yeah. vote for him then. Yeah. He and I had a brief conversation once. Interesting. We'll get him on yeah. the podcast. Because we'll he was, he was campaigning in Steubenville. Ah. Trying to get that Catholic vote. Yeah, it's hard. Hard to get the Catholic vote. All right. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you all next week. Go home to your wife. I gotta run. I gotta go. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.